What is at stake in London's gentlemen's clubs are competing concerns about manliness and Englishness. As an institution devoted to the construction of the British male, the imagined community of clubland sheds valuable light on what is meant to be a man in 19th century England. Responsive to the street, the home, and the empire, the club is a site that registered various uncertainties about modern masculinity. A single image, the man in the club window, the frontispiece illustration of James Hogg's The Habits of Good Society, can introduce us to the complexities of Victorian masculine socialization. Because of the famous bow window of whites, the tableau of the man in the window became the century's most recognizable metonymy, along with the club armchair, for the world of privileged called clubland. Hogg's Habits, marketed as a handbook of etiquette for making one's self agreeable, recording the changes of fashion and identifying the differences of English and continental etiquette, features a narrator who introduces himself in the preface's first sentence, I am the man in the club window, and then proceeds to tell us about himself. A lifelong bachelor, he has sat in his window for the past ten years, during which time his sole amusement was to observe. As an iteration of the flaneur, the man in the window admits that many suppose his existence to be useless, but he declares his invaluable work to have been the perfection of observation that has allowed him the opportunity to watch the ebb and flow of life both within and without club walls. He has witnessed the social dynamics of emergent commercial London culture with a vision comprehensive enough to catch the street urchin and the snob the circulating library and the hotel, the handsome and the barouche. The man in the window's vantage point, his advantage, if you will, is that he sees all of this calmly. In the illustration, he literally rises above the crowd. Like Sherlock Holmes later in the century, the clubman deftly reads the signs of class and behavior. He knows that social identity is a matter of public performance and display and that clubs are where culture is both produced and consumed, and where gentility and acceptability reign supreme. He wishes that all aspiring gentlemen could understand the difference between propriety and impropriety, and he despairs that a number of men have crept into his club who ought to not be there. Anointed, in effect, a trustee of cultural capital, the man in the window functions as a custodian of urban behavior, for there is much ordering and cleaning up to be done in the capital city. Gifted with an insider sensibility, he is grooming and building collective identity. But the most interesting part of the man in the window's life story is revealed when he admits that he moved into his club in a feverish state, significantly weakened by the years following the French Revolution, by events and anxieties that left him unable to read and unwilling to talk. In short, this figure of prerogative demands that he also be seen as compromised, a Watson-like figure, the male construed as gimp, the disabled man who is kin to Kerr's beleaguered paterfamilias and brother to Tain's burdened husband. Thus, this man of advantage is also a figure under siege, and the venestrated view frames clubland as simultaneously sanctuary and bulwark, bastion and hospice, a dreamscape that nevertheless registers anxieties about modern masculinities.